I'm Nat. And I'm Norma Jean. I mean, I'm Kat. Welcome to the Crime Chat. I am your forensic femme fatale, and Natalie, aka Marilyn, is your true crime addict connoisseur. And in the words inspired by our Crime Chat diva today, we are just two girls who will not hesitate to sometimes throw on their crown and remind you who they are as we obsess about dark crimes, evil minds, and occasionally the unknown. Here is your disclaimer chatters. The following crime chat contains adult content and descriptions of potentially violent scenarios. We'll talk a little bit about that today. So your listener discretion is advised. You have been warned. And before we get in today's crime chat, Hey there, Marilyn. How you doing, girl? Hey, Norma Jean. Hey. <laughs> we are dressed up, inspired yes. by Marilyn Monroe, as in just a total just ode to Marilyn Monroe. It's a crime chat takeover. It's a crime chat takeover. Marilyn. <laughs> Who best to take over crime chat but Marilyn? Yes, mm-hmm. yes. And for me, pretty much all I've been doing since last week is diving myself into the life of who we would know as Marilyn Monroe. I've been watching documentaries. I have been marking up my book like crazy. Girl, 600 pages. That's a lot. That's a lot of research. (laughs) All kinds of web research, too. I'm kind of old school sometimes where I prefer to pull out a book, highlight it, and then write it up. I don't know. Maybe I'm showing my age a little bit But also, so we're doing a crime in cosmetics, obviously. We're highlighting Marilyn Monroe, the very beautiful, sultry Marilyn Monroe. But we're going to do a bit of a Sinful Spirits crossover because I found... Yes. It's called Johnny Blonde. And it's a Johnny Walker Scotch Whiskey. So I was at the store and I was trying to find something that was like Marilyn Diva, actress, golden era related. Mm -hmm. And okay, I'm a Scotch Whiskey girl, so I love it. I love it. And I thought, well, this is brand new. At least I'd never seen it. So maybe being blonde, it's like a summer blend or something. So inviting blend of bright wheat and fruity malt whiskeys. It's a blended Scotch Whiskey. Girl, it's 80 proof. Girl, I would be on the floor. (laughs) So I'm sipping with my, I sip it over over ice with some lime. Very nice. I continue, I go with my skinny girl margarita. That's my, that's my yeah. thing. That's my trademark. Oh, well, we'll talk a little bit about her figure mm, yes. as well. Miss yes. Marilyn. Famous figure. Yes. Have you been doing anything else? So back to Stranger Things. Yes. For a hot second. I did tell you my theory, yes. and I believe it's true. Chatters, you heard it here first. <laughs> I believe that number one is Eleven's father. Yeah. And I believe that it makes total, when you think about that theory, yeah. then you watch yeah. this season again. You're like, yeah. now I know why he was protective, yet kind of, he was protective over her, and yet wanted to bring her with him. Yes, and once you said that, you know, once you mentioned that theory, I was kind of like, could see that like it kind of would make sense and you know I'm not trying to do too many spoilers but I don't think Papa's really Papa Mm -mm. you know no you know what I'd be really interested in season five I was thinking about this today that they bring mama back right get a little bit more story and then the brothers and sisters because remember when she left Uh and was meeting her sister and some of these others where she's really trying to figure out like who she is and where she's coming from right bringing all of that story kind of back into it especially now since Papa is no longer with us we don't know that because his body was gone remember you think he's dead oh yeah he's dead okay oh yeah at least maybe that's wishful thinking yeah i think (laughs) i think also one is 11's father and also dustin's father that we don't know we don't know who he is i think he's gonna play a bigger part now too of his disappearance i think he's been gone for a while the other thing so i okay i y'all know i'm an i'm my my name's cat and i'm a stranger things addict I watched Welcome, this. Cat. <laughs> I watched this um, video on some of the promos, you know, coming up for season five, and what some of the theories are that the Duffer Brothers are going to be doing, because it's still in writing right now. Right now, they're looking at twenty twenty four as a release, maybe twenty twenty five. I really hope twenty twenty four, because twenty twenty five seems so far away. I know. So one of the people that were in there in the chat were linking Susie as a number. Hi, my name is Susie, and I'm number five. Because, you know, like, she's just a genius. She oh. didn't have any powers new or anything like that, but not not all of them had powers, right? Right. And that's true. I was like, oh, yeah, okay. That's a good, that's, and I, I love Susie because she's brilliant. Yeah, and yeah. I love how, how not, yeah. she goes against the grain. She's just who, right. she, she's who she is. And she, no, no apologies. Yes. But her sister fucking rocked that Ali Sheedy right. look from fucking Bre- Breakfast Club. <laughs> I want that look. You and I, we, we've experienced the 80s firsthand. Yes. When did the 80s become cool? Uh, now. Now. <laughs> <laughs> they 
were never cool before. Now they're cool. Well, I mean, we thought they were cool at the time. Yeah. But it was a fad, most well, like anything. Right. right. But it also goes to show, like, bell bottoms came back. I know. Right? I know. You know, they, it all just kind of, like, circulates every other generation or so. That's true. The 80s took a little bit of fighting to get back because we were super creative. I'm sorry. We, yeah. we, the 80s, we were better than the 70s, okay? We basically gave the 90s what they had, mm-hmm. but uh, the 80s is where Trans Ams were cool, Porsches oh were cool, the color red was cool. It was the neon. Hello. Neon, right, there you go. Like neon. That's probably my obsession with red. <laughs> Red's a great color. I mean, come on. It's a great color. And in like neon colors, Madonna, there's so much that comes out of the 80s that almost like we ignore. I don't know why. I think probably because we were also financially, fiscally irresponsible in the 80s where, you know, you had people like... Well, that's where credit cards really populated too, right? Yeah. And people are like, oh, it's free money. Girl, I, I was I was 18 <laughs> years old and I had a gold card from American Express. Oh my gosh. American Express. Wow. That's wrong on so many levels. I, I don't regret it. <laughs> I don't know. When did I have my... You know what? I, I, I was already in the military though, so I was either like 18 or 19. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess so. Okay. Okay. Well, before we get into your crime chat that we have been waiting for... Yes. For months now, I since you mentioned it, I am like super like excited <laughs> about what you're gonna go over. I purposely did not watch any documentary on okay. this because I knew you were going over it, and I wanted to be kind of like you know like listen to you first before I go in and watch the documentary. Okay. So I figured. I know that this is a big story and that you're also going to be splitting it up into two parts. So this part, I figured my intro would go over Marilyn Monroe in cinema and movies and film. And, and, you know, just give you some highlights of her career and some of my faves. Mm. I got got some faves. You're going to love my fave, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. You ready? I'm ready. Straighten out your wig, girl. Get it ready. It's about to go Mm -hmm. on. Okay, so Marilyn Monroe appeared in 29 movies Mm -hmm. from 1946 to 1961. I'm sure you know that already. Yep. (laughs) With one unfinished one. Yes. And Mm -hmm. she also appeared in four different television shows. Now, films featuring Marilyn were around, she earned about 200 million. Yes. Between 1946 and 1961, which would basically bring her about 2 billion today Mm -hmm. in today's money, Mm -hmm. which is huge. Very. Think how successful. I mean, that is a big time star. If you ever wanted to know how big Marilyn Monroe was, mm-hmm. I mean, just look at how much they people were paying her mm-hmm. to, to just kind of like wink at her. And I, I'll get into, I'll, I'll talk a little bit about that. We'll get into her movie piece kind of towards the end, and that's where mm-hmm. I'll pick up next week. Okay. She, it wasn't, it didn't come easy for her. Yeah, that poor baby. Didn't come easy for her. So, but the good thing is, Marilyn was nominated for 15 awards mm-hmm. throughout her career, mm-hmm. and she won 10 of those awards. Yes. So, add a girl. Add a girl. Applause. Applause yes, to you, yes. baby. In 1947, Marilyn appeared in her first film called Dangerous Years. I've never seen this movie. Have you? No, but I, do, I know she played a part, I think, as a waitress in that movie. Okay, so it was a small part. She wasn't yep. like a leading lady yet. Nope, nope. And that was in her first contract with uh, 20th Century Fox. Okay. Okay, gotta love 20th Century Fox, those yes. motherfuckers. All right, so... Um, oh, we'll talk about those yeah. guys. <laughs> well, girl, they fucked up Jennifer's body. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're a crime chat in, their, in themselves. Mm. So, but in 1953, Mar- uh, Marilyn appeared in a film called Gen- Gentlemen Prefer Blondes. Yeah. Hello. Which is why we're bl- both blonde tonight. We're both blonde tonight. This was arguably her best film performance based on her critics like her critics would say uh we got nothing bad to say here like she is a bombshell she is Mm -hmm. amazing and this Mm -hmm. was the film where she has that scene where she has she's on stage with this beautiful pink dress Mm -hmm. all these men crowding around her and she's singing diamonds are a girl's best friend diamonds are a girl's yes best friend Oh my god! But yes. in the movie, the so the base of the movie though is a little freaky. Yes. Um, it was about a showgirl whose father-in-law was stalking her. Yep. She co-stars in the movie with who's a brunette. I want to say it's Jean Harlow. I don't know. 
yeah, they go abroad and see if they can make some money. And yeah, her father-in-law <laughs> hires a spy to watch over her, make sure that she's a good girl. Uh-huh. Yeah. What is a good girl? What is a good girl? Like, define it. Like, well, what's a good girl? A good girl, back then, a good girl would be... A housewife. Somebody... A housewife that the husband is attracted to. Who better than fucking Marilyn Monroe? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. She's a bombshell. Oh, and I she mean, she made the way. She made the way, for sure. Yes. So in 1953, Marilyn appeared nude in the first issue of Playboy magazine. I didn't know that. I kind of found a little bit, I guess, about that. Yeah, yeah. Was now that's pretty cool. I'm, you know, when where you can pose nude and it's not. I mean, it was for Playboy, so I'm sure it was in a sexual manner. But yeah, it was like, here's my arm. I'm nude. <laughs> yeah, but you can cover yourself up or position yourself in such a way where yeah. you don't see certain, you know, you don't see body parts. Right. I, I doubt she was spread eagle, basically. Right. No, no, absolutely not. Absolutely not. <laughs> I'm sure it was very tasteful. Yeah. So in 1954, Marilyn and Milton Green formed the Marilyn Monroe Productions Company. It sponsored two projects, mm-hmm. The Bus Up, which was released in 1956, and then The Prince and the Showgirl, which was released in 1957, for which Marilyn won the David D. Donatello Prize, which is the like the Italian equivalent to the Oscars. Ooh. Yeah, and then she won Best Foreign Actress in 1958 from the Crystal Star Awards, which is like the French equivalent for the Oscars. Well, dang, girl, yeah. Yeah, she, a lot of people don't know about her accomplishments. They just see somebody, yeah, she's a lot, yes. you know. So now, this showgirl also dabbled in comedy, and I fucking love mm-hmm. this movie. So it's How to Marry a Millionaire. Have you ever seen it? No, I haven't. No. Oh, oh my God. This is this is the movie. It was released in 1953. And Marilyn, of course, plays this young model looking to marry uh, a rich man. Yep. And in the movie is one of her iconic scenes where the rich man's father is like, oh, you're only after for my son for his money. Yes. And he's yes. like, and she's like, well, he's only after me for my look. So yeah. I'm obviously accomplishing my my yes. department. What is he going to do? Yeah, I remember so. that clip. Yeah. <laughs> she's amazing. Now, The Seven Year Itch, which came out in 95, was best known for its iconic skirt Dress. scene yes. in New York City. Ooh, yeah. do you feel that? That's the wind from the subway. Ooh, it's the breeze. The breeze. Ooh. Oh, here it comes again. Yes. Girl, we need one with these wigs on. It's fucking <laughs> it's hot in hot. here. <laughs> it's hot. <laughs> in 1959, Some Like It Hot, yes. Marilyn portrayed Sugar, mm-hmm. the lead sig- the lead singer of a jazz band, yes. who, to no idea, she, her, her newest bandmate would be her love interest. I've never seen this movie. Mm-hmm. I have not Was seen it, it either, but I do know Jack Lemmon is also in it. Oh, I love him. And they're, I, yeah. Grumpy old men. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I love him. Okay. And that's another a bombshell. What's her name? What's the girl that from Grumpy Old Men? Anne Margaret. Yeah, she was the one that played with Elvis. Yes. She was the, the dancing girl. Yes. Another bombshell, but she was a redhead. Yes. Okay. Yep. So now Marilyn's last completed, and I highlight the word completed, yep. movie was in 1961, and that was called The Misfits, mm-hmm. which was written by her then-husband, Arthur Miller. Um, And we'll talk about her. So we'll talk about her first marriage today because it's really has to do with Norma Jean. Mm. And then we'll talk about her other two husbands next week. Joe DiMaggio and Arthur Miller. Girl, if I looked like Marilyn Monroe, I would have 20 husbands. (laughs) Right? I would be like, what? No, you don't agree? Divorce. Bye. I mean, (laughs) you know, if rest in peace, she might have. I... She died who, when she was 36. I mean. Who was Elizabeth Taylor, 11 Husbands? Yeah, yes, God, yes. God why not? Bless I mean, you're Elizabeth freaking Taylor. It's, right, exactly. <laughs> right? Conform She's, to me and my needs or be gone. Total narcissist, <laughs> total egomaniac, and I love it. <laughs> yes. Oh, my God. So Monroe was also working on another film, uh, Something's Got to Give, yes. but then she was fired by 20th Century she Fox was, yep. before the film was completed, and then her death resulted in the f- the film never being released, which it breaks my heart. Yeah. I want to know where this film is. I would Wouldn't like you to- be interested to see some of that raw footage, you know, just to see? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It really would. It yeah. really would. They, they need to do something. Okay, so Kat. Yes. I'm going to go over my favorite one. Oh, yeah. Okay, so the, okay, so 
this wasn't technically a Marilyn Monroe movie, but Marilyn was in it when she was very young. Mm -hmm. And I remember her because she was, the minute she was on the screen, I mean, she just dazzled. She was beautiful. Yeah. So Marilyn played an actress in the 1950s, All About Eve. Mm Mm-hmm. And let me tell you something. You've got to watch All About Eve. Okay. It's amazing. So it's one of her earliest roles. Marilyn at the time was 24. This movie is my favorite because it has my favorite 50s actress, which is Betty Davis. Of course. Okay. Betty Davis. Fucking love her. And it's about an actress, Betty, who was feeling old and pushed to the side. In the movie, she was 42. Mm-hmm. And then her assistant, Ann Baxter, was the actress. She played Eve, and she was 27. And it was like how women kind of get aged out. And But, you know, you don't age out Betty Davis. She will fucking gut you like a fish. So. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I totally feel getting aged out, so it's fine. Yeah. I mean, seriously, <laughs> why can't we age like fine wine? And we drink enough of it. Right? <laughs> I just want the wine to consume my body. Right. Exactly. Okay, so this is also my favorite movie because it has my favorite line. Like, I have used this Ooh. multiple times in my life, okay? Okay. So, Kat, picture this. Sicily, 1924. <laughs> yes, exactly, exactly. A young, glamorous Betty Davis, mm. right? Just picture her. Okay. Cause she was she was gorgeous when she was yes, younger. Yes, of course. She was not having fun at her party in the movie. Okay. And she cascades up her luxurious winding staircase to spin around, suddenly looking down at all her guests in the house, because now she's on the staircase. Mm -hmm. And she looks down at them and she's like, buckle up, boys, because it's going to be a bumpy night. (laughs) Fucking love that. And at that moment in the movie, they they veer off to Marilyn. Uh And Marilyn, sweet, young, beautiful Marilyn, is staring up at her in awe yes. because she, Marilyn is like, as a young woman back then, I want to be Betty. Yes. I don't want to be, you know, if you think about it, like Betty, she's a bitch. Mm-hmm. Well, we thought we thought she was a bitch, but she wasn't. She was just in a man's world, yes. you know, and she didn't break while she went where Marilyn, I think, where you're going to get into kind of broke. Yeah, absolutely. And, We're going to talk about that. Oh, I'm getting chills right now. So... <laughs> Buckle up, chatters. It's going to be a bumpy night. Okay. (laughs) So are you ready for this first part of the two-part series on Marilyn Monroe? I am so ready. I am so ready. Okay. This first part, I'm calling Norma Jean. Okay. Part two that comes out next week is going to be just Marilyn. Okay. Because you'll see throughout the story today, we're really going to focus in on who Norma Jean was. If you don't know Chatters, that was her birth name. Mm-hmm. That's the name that she was given at birth. We'll kind of dissect a little bit into kind of her her life and her early life and what that's all about. And then next week, we'll talk about her mental shift and per, her own perspective change yeah. of when she left Norma Jean and she became Marilyn. Mm-hmm. So the blonde bombshell, mm-hmm. Hollywood's sex symbol, yes. tragic death. These are some terms that we think of when you hear Marilyn Monroe. What an icon overall. I mean, you've talked about some of her movies already, right? She was beyond her time in so many aspects, but with that also comes much controversy as well. The truth of the matter is nobody ever knew everything about her, which she was just a great myth. Yeah. mystical person just overall. Mm-hmm. And in getting ready for this, there was so much research out there. So much research out there. Some of it, you know, conflicting as well. So you really kind of had to vet your sources. But one of the primary resources I used was from the journalist Anthony Summers. He's one of the most prominent biographers of Marilyn. He's written several articles and books on Marilyn and most recently was part of the Netflix documentary called The Mystery of Marilyn Monroe, mm-hmm. The Unheard Tapes. Mm-hmm. You may have seen it. It just came out a couple months ago on Netflix. Actually, when I had COVID, I watched it. (laughs) And then I subsequently bought his book. It's called Goddess, The Secret Lives of Marilyn Monroe. This is an updated version. So this is, he wrote another version, I think in the 80s. So, but this is where Summers demonstrates how he came to be known as writing the most factual accounts of her life. Summers began to dive into her life in 1982 when he was called by a news agency from England. He's an Irish journalist, but he covers a lot of investigative journalism. 
and was told that the Los Angeles courts decided to reopen her case 20 years after her death. So in 1982. She died in 1962. Okay. But this was based on numerous conspiracy theories surrounding her death. Summers interviewed over a thousand people. Wow. Starting in the 80s. And he said in the documentary that came across Netflix, he said, I was expecting to be in L.A. maybe two or three, maybe four weeks. This ended up being months and months, uh, years of research. Summers captured these interviews on 650 audio tapes, which is why in the series it's called The Unheard Tapes, Mm -hmm. because there's a lot of recordings with Marilyn, uh, all the people that he interviewed, those that knew her in her life, and we'll get into some of that uh, as well. Mm -hmm. But initially, when he started this, so many people did not want to talk to him, and basically they didn't want to be the ones to let the cat out of the bag. Right. And they would tell him, not me, let it be. Don't do this. However, to dig deeper into how she actually died, was it suicide? Was it a cover-up? Was she killed by the CIA? Summers had to go back to the beginning, and this is a good place that I decided that we also were going to start. So she was born Norma Jean Mortensen, which was later changed to Baker, which I'll get into here, Mm -hmm. on June 1st, 1926 in Los Angeles, California. Known earlier in her career as a sex symbol, she is still known as that to this day, nearly 60 years. When this comes out, it will be just a couple weeks short 60-year anniversary of her death, which was August 4th, 1962. She is still one of the most famous people in the entire world. Yes. She died of a barbiturate overdose found in, and was found in her home by her housekeeper. Mm-hmm. This is a two-parter, as I mentioned. The first part we're going to refer to is Norma Jean, the early life of Marilyn, how her childhood may have very well impacted the choices that she had and, as an adult, and then part two, which we're going to get into next week, by the way, Chatters, is a bonus episode. Okay, part two is a bonus episode. And what do bonus episodes mean? You have to be subscribed to Patreon to listen to it in full and to watch the full video. Yes. So if you want to hear this in part two in full, go to our Patreon page, which is patreon.com slash crime chat with Nat and Kat and subscribe as little as a dollar a month. Yes. uh, To be able to listen to part two, Marilyn, which comes out next week. Mm -hmm. And we only do bonus episodes a couple times a year, and that's when there's five Saturdays in the month. Mm -hmm. And uh, there happens to be five Saturdays in July. So you're going to get a bonus episode, which is going to be Marilyn. Now, she herself actually claimed these were two separate, distinct parts of her life, which is why I chose to honor that as well and kind of separate them Mm -hmm. in this way. So Norma Jean never knew her father. She was told it was Clark Gable, but there was never any evidence. But being told something, as you can imagine as a child, you're told enough it in your life, you're going to believe it, right? Yes. And that's yeah. like stargazing. You're sitting there going, oh, my dad is, you know. Yes. Yeah. She would later, and we'll talk about it next week, she would later actually work with Clark Gable as well. Okay. So Norma Jean said her earliest memory from childhood was her mother, Gladys, trying to smother her with a pillow. Gladys was hospitalized in a mental facility for most of Norma Jean's childhood. Because of this, Norma Jean was in and out of foster care. I didn't know well, that. Wow. Yeah, 12 successful, successively, to be exact, mostly with foster homes and legal guardians and then two short stints at an orphanage, but in and out of 12 homes as a child. Can That's you imagine? so traumatic. So yes. traumatic. Oh, my God. So Gladys, Norma Jean's mother, was born in Mexico, and her family actually originated from Indiana. She was born Gladys Pearl Monroe, and Gladys's father, Norma Jean's grandfather, Otis Monroe worked in Mexico and then eventually returned to the United States, mm-hmm. settling in California. Genealogy that I was able to find goes back to Norma's great-great-grandparents, like from mm-hmm. the early to mid-1800s, which I thought was kind of cool. Mm-hmm. But ironically, a lot of her family members died around the age of 40 or younger. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. she didn't have a long lifespan. No. So Gladys was married three times, changing her name to Baker to Mortensen, and then to Ely, which was also why Norma Jean had, was born as Mortensen, then changed her name to Baker, which was her mother's first married name, Mm -hmm. and then eventually would adopt, obviously, Monroe, based on her mother's maiden name and lineage. Now, at the age of 16, Norma Jean was living with her last legal guardians at the time, who were preparing to move east. The father figure of the home, he ended up getting a job, and they were going to move. 
They didn't find it easy or convenient to bring Norma Jean with them, so they felt that they should arrange a marriage. Oh, my God. Okay. Well, this was, you know, the 40s girl. Uh, so <laughs> okay. they found a likely candidate in the neighbor's son, Jim Doherty, five years older than her. So when they got married, they, they married just a couple weeks after she turned 16, but he was 21 at the time. Mm. Jim Doherty was a young, athletic, and hard-headed man. He was taken aback when the union was suggested, and he agreed to marry Norma Jean so she would not have to return to an orphanage. Of course. Yeah. He was supposedly quite the looker and had quite the following of young ladies. Okay. So he was quite the charmer, I suppose, but the fact that they were wanting to do this, he was able to come in and basically rescue her. And they married on June 19th, 1942. Jim worked at an aircraft factory for Lockheed Aviation, which we know now today as Lockheed Martin. Mm -hmm. And during World War II, he would join the Merchant Marines. He, his frequent absences from the home would potentially be the spark kind of to their downfall. Mm -hmm. She told her story early of in her fame about her marriage to Jim saying that quote our marriage was sort of a friendship with sexual privileges end quote okay Jim's account on the other hand which he didn't reveal until the 1970s said they formed an actual partnership okay so in 1944 They'd been married for two years. Jim departed for New Guinea, and Norma Jean moved in with Jim's mother. They wrote frequently to one another, and Norma Jean began to work at Radio Plane, which was a plant that made target practice aircraft. We were on standby for World War II, if you can imagine, because it was before we were attacked in Pearl Harbor. But we were preparing, needless right. to say. So she worked at a factory that made these practice aircraft. She learned how to inspect parachutes. She spray-painted fuselages. And she was told to wear overalls because she worked in a factory, right? Uh -huh. And she recalled this, quote, The men buzzed around me just as high school boys had done. Maybe it was my fault that the men in the factory tried to date me and buy me drinks. I didn't feel like a married woman, end quote. Uh. However, when Jim came home for his first scheduled leave, Norma Jean met him at the railway station and rented a luxurious motel room. Norma Jean showed up, revealing a black knit nightgown for the reunion. Yeah. Needless to say, they hardly left the room. All of their food was delivered, like room service, or they had their meals delivered. Just, they, ver they very rarely left. That's beautiful. Yes. So as Jim returned to his tour of duty, Norma Jean then returned to Radio Plane and jumped at the chance to be photographed. During a visit in the plant, U.S. Army Private David Conover, a photographer for an armed services motion picture unit, came to Radio Plane to document women doing their work during the war. He was to, quote, take morale-boosting shots of pretty girls, mm. end quote. Nearly right away, Conover noticed Norma Jean and recalled, quote, her eyes held something that touched and intrigued me, end quote and said she didn't belong in a factory, but on the cover of a magazine. Uh -huh. Norma Jean began to earn $5 an hour as a freelance model versus the $20 a week she was getting at the plant. Wow. So automatically she's like making more right. money. Shortly after, she went with Conover on a picture-taking safari through Southern California, and he actually claimed that they had an affair. Anthony Summers, the guy that I'm kind of basing a lot of my more trustworthy vetting information from, mm -hmm said that this was kind of he was just claiming it to get the fame because he knew her yeah not so much that there's no truth behind okay. it but eventually her pictures were widespread including landing at the desk of the blue book model agency wherein she was called for an interview so soon norma jean would be on the cover of magazines such as swank thur and peak her attire at this time was considered respectable and sometimes, like, shorts and a halter top or, like, a swimsuit. Norma Jean had no trouble getting modeling gigs, as you can imagine. By yeah. the age of 19, she had an hourglass figure, bleached blonde hair, and porcelain skin. Yeah, and, and there wasn't any shortage of perverted men. Oh, no, not at all. Oh, yeah, we're, we'll, we'll, <laughs> we'll touch on the pervertedness here. Oh, okay. So do you know what her measurements were? Okay, I'm going to say I know that she did not, she wasn't a twiggy. She always had curves. Yeah. So I'm going to say 36, 28, 36 or something great like that. guess. So she said her bust was actually larger than was recorded. Uh, telling a reporter once in 1954 she wanted her epitaph to read, quote, Here lies Marilyn Monroe, 38, 23, 36, end <laughs> Her dress designer, however, that recorded her numbers in her prime said 35, 22, 35. For her bust, her waist, and her hips, yeah. Yeah, 35, 22, 35 is a goddess-like. Yes! I mean, I was gonna say it doesn't matter if she inflated her bust or not like that's a freaking amazing 22 inch shape. waist yes holy fuck yeah. 
So her husband, Jim, his next block of leave would not be as welcoming as the first. She was an hour late picking him up from the railroad station, saying that she was at a modeling gig. Uh During his leave, and no longer living with Jim's mother because she had made the money to be able to live out on her own, Uh Norma Jean spent most of their time that he had to out on jobs or looking for jobs. Uh And when she wasn't doing that, she was talking about her successes and her dreams. Uh, and that's bad? Well... Why is that bad? Not necessarily. Not necessarily. But we'll, we'll see. Yeah. So assuming that he could sense Norma Jean's distance, Jim had to return to duty but tried to stay close to home. So he took duty that was going to go up and down the western seaboard instead of going to other countries, mm-hmm. essentially. But by Christmas of 1945, Norma Jean took a job where she would be away from home for the holidays. Jim, at this point, gave her an ultimatum. Be at home with me or pursue your life of stardom that you want. The easy choice. Easy choice. <laughs> well, she did not answer him at this time, give him a definitive answer, but an answer would soon mm-hmm. come. She did take the job and went to work for this Hungarian photographer named Andre de Dientes, mm-hmm. or Dienes, in Washington State for $200. And her reasoning was this was exactly how much the Doherty's needed to fix up their car. <sighs> Okay. So Norma Jean said she didn't really want to go, but they needed the money, and Andre was a prominent photographer who potentially helped her with her career. Mm-hmm. However, when she returned and Jim asked her, hey, how did it go? Norma Jean didn't want to talk about the trip, and oh. she said she never wanted to work with Andre again. Oh, no. When Jim had his next set of orders overseas, Norma Jean filed for divorce, sent the papers to him in this uh, South China Sea, which is where he was at, Jim refused to sign the papers there and said that he wanted to see his wife in person. When he returned home, Norma Jean gave Jim her answer. She wanted to be a movie star, and that's what she wanted. Okay. Later, as Marilyn, she would speak of this divorce saying it was, quote, like being in jail and looking at the door, at the door that said, this way out, referring yeah. to her choice that she made and how she actually made it, right? Yeah. Recollecting her start, she said, quote, I used to think as I looked out on the Hollywood night, there must be thousands of girls sitting alone, like me, dreaming of becoming a movie star. But I'm not going to worry about them. I'm dreaming the hardest, end quote. Wow. It kind of just gives you chills, like her dedication and yes. her tenacity. And, yeah, in a time when women obeyed and mm-hmm. did not think about if a, if a husband gave you an ultimatum you were like getting get in line but she had options she didn't need to do that and she is right. you know like yeah love it well decades later jim still felt norma jean was faithful in their spans of separation throughout his tours of duty claiming for years that she was dedicated to him she was faithful it wasn't until two years before her death that the now Marilyn said she didn't sleep around on Jim until after he had joined the service and then when he was gone. Uh. She said, quote, I was so damn lonesome and I had to have some kind of company. Mm. So once in a while I'd give in, mainly because I didn't want to be alone, end Aww, quote. So while she was in Washington State with Andre, the Hungarian photographer, his side of the story would differ a little bit than oh, from what she said. Of right? course, yeah. Well, and you know, she just said, I don't want to talk about it. I don't I don't want to just ever, I never want to work with him again. But mm-hmm. later when he was interviewed, he ended up actually becoming a very successful photographer. He recalled of Marilyn, there came this lovely little girl in a pink sweater and checkered slacks. I fell right away in love with this young <sighs> girl. In my subconscious, I wanted to marry her. What's wrong with that? I was a nice young boy myself. That's what he remembers of her. Hmm. Andre asked Norma Jean during their time when they were in Washington State if she would pose naked. She was unsure, and she said she was married, but she didn't love him, so she was a little like, eh, maybe, maybe not. Well, Andre and Norma Jean didn't sleep together right away. However, he did some courting, and he tried to seduce her for about four days. That's it? Yeah. (laughs) Okay. And they were staying in separate hotel rooms, and then there was something that happened in her hotel room, so she ended up staying with him. Right. Which is when it commenced. Yeah. While in bed, Andre said he recalled the 19-year-old experiencing sexual variations never tried before with Jim, from what she said. Andre was just moved by her, all, all in all. He said, quote, she was sweet, beautiful, her smile, her laughter. She was frail mentally and physically, end quote. They would allegedly become engaged, mm. and Andre sent Norma Jean some money to help with the divorce proceedings with Jim. When it was time for them to actually get married, they were going to go to Vegas. Norma Jean called and said that she didn't want to marry him. She broke off the engagement. Andre right away went to Los Angeles. When he got there, 
there was another man in the bed. Oops. You know what? I, I one the minute Andre came into the scene, the way he was describing her was almost like a a, a blow up doll. Oh, she's pretty. Sure. She's got a polka dot shirt. Yeah. What about her as a person? Yeah. Do you know who you're marrying? Do you know that she may be broken in some ways? Do you know that she may kind of had no other choice but to marry the, the guy before, even though he may be a good guy? Well, she kind of had, it's just, it just messed up how kind of men materialize women in a way of sex. Oh, she was so enamored by my sex and she was so, she didn't experience this. She's a girl. Yeah, she's, she's 19. She, uh, what the? <laughs> yeah, you didn't, yeah. dude. You you didn't fall in love with her. You were love bombing her. Yeah, there's a difference. There's, you, you're seeing a woman that you're you wanna you're enamored by that you wanna consume. Mm-hmm. Men are like that. They consume. Mm-hmm. They don't understand that. You know, women women are different. Yeah. Uh, well, and Norma Jean would actually describe herself at this stage in her life as a quote-unquote child widow. Aww. She said, quote, I looked at the streets with lonely eyes. I had no relatives to visit, no chums to go places with, end quote. Mm. But, of course, there were men always willing to help a pretty girl out. Of course. A pretty girl who was broke. Yeah. Who was lonely. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what? That's very insightful for her to s- describe herself like that. Yeah. An interview with Al Rosen, who was a talent agent in New Marilyn Monroe, early, early in her career, as Norma Jean, of course, referred to this time as what he called the golden years. Every agency or casting director had a black book, writing down the names of the up-and-coming, new, breaking-in actresses that were just getting started. <clears throat> These names were written as those who could be laid, essentially. They would be willing to maybe sleep their way to the top. What Marilyn, the of course, fuck? was in that book. This is and he he said, oh. <laughs> well, this was the time frame. He said it just used to be sex. It, it was sex. You just had sex to make your way to the top. He mm. said, quote, it used to be sex. Today it's the buck. How much money do you have to make your way to the top? Mm. Later in life as a model, one photographer would ask her when the first time was that she had sex. She said seven. Are you kidding me? Well, the photographer caught off guard, obviously, asked how old the man was, and she said younger. This was photographer Philippe Halsman, a longtime distinguished photographer for Life magazine, and Mm. the only man on record who may hold Norma Jean's lifelong fear. She claimed she was sexually molested as a child, and it would be something she would claim throughout her entire life. Mm. During an interview for 20th Century Fox, the publicity team, she said uh, she confided that she was violated by one of her legal guardians growing up. She also was sexually assaulted by a policeman, and then again by a sailor. The journalist was very skeptical of how she told her stories and assessed she probably lived in a fantasy world. He never ended up printing anything and said that she was just kind of absorbed in her own sexuality. Yeah. In a 1979 book that was written by Marilyn's long-term maid, Lena Pepitoni, she wrote that Marilyn confided in her about her childhood molestation and added that a man who raped her also got her pregnant. She concealed this pregnancy for several months. Once her guardians found out, they kept it secret as well, and Norma Jean had the baby in a hospital. Pepitoni quoted Marilyn as Marilyn was telling the story, saying that she had the baby, she held the baby, she hugged him, she kissed him, but then they came and took my baby from me and I never saw him again. Norma Jean would have been about 14 or 15 years old at this time. Norma Jean held on to her childhood nightmares, and Jim recalled one night Norma Jean woke up in the middle of the night, said, she had been for a walk in her nightgown when she came into the bedroom she was screaming saying that there was a man after her jim said you're just having a dream it's a nightmare it's okay she said quote no i'm awake i'm i was gonna leave home and i walked down the street and the man chased me back home yeah end quote. he just gaslighted her why would people well, assume that she's lying she it may come to fruition here in a minute because i i don't i'll, I'll just get into it okay. <laughs> so norma jean said she fought off boys until she met and married jim but this was something that was new to jim norma jean claimed she first had sex with a boy while she was in high school however jim recalled she knew nothing about sex and was even cautioned by her own mother to be delicate with her as they consummated their marriage on the first night mm-hmm. he knew after their engagement after they had intercourse Mm. that the threshold had never been crossed before if you know what I mean okay even though later in life she said she had sex in high school for the first time physically you know when you know for lack of better terms that popped the cherry he said he popped her cherry so so nobody raped her nobody raped her but she could have been... she wasn't pregnant when she was 14 or 15 oh physically it was not possible got it okay got it where did this come from 
we'll get into the. Okay. Uh, we're going to mention her psychiatrist here soon. Oh, okay, good. So Norma Jean would later say that she didn't have any interest in sex, nor was Jim aware of her lack of interest or just didn't say anything to her about it. And they would never actually talk about it openly because she said it was too embarrassing as a young married couple to talk about their sex life mm. in the 40s. I mean, I can imagine, right? Yeah. Jim's version of events, Norma Jean loves sex. He would say, and again, he didn't never told his story until the 70s. He said, quote, she was something else. I couldn't even put my lunchbox down when I came home from work before she dragged me upstairs, end quote. Wow. I mean, and this kind of lines up to the same thing what he was saying, too, about when he had his first stint of leave and, you know, they spent most of the time at the luxurious motel and her little black nightie. So her own psychiatrist, Dr. Ralph Greenson. Now, when Anthony Summers was diving into this in the 80s, uh, Greenson had already passed away, but he interviewed his widow, his daughter, and his son Mm -hmm. who knew so so many things about Dr. Greenson's interaction with Marilyn because he would treat her and have sex with her at his own house mm. so he would befriend Marilyn in later years in her life and acknowledge that she had a terrible childhood she had a terrible background yeah but she also may have taken the core of this trauma and turned it into some fabrications yeah he called this a mistreatment fantasy meaning delusions hallucinations part of a schizophrenic disorder So he also felt there was a bit of masochistic, quote, acting out of the orphan girl rejections, Mm. the tendency towards severe depressive reactions, and the impulsive defenses of against this seemed to be very central with her, end quote. She was deprived of childhood, and Greenson felt that what she really needed was a family. Yeah. So Greenson's own family would do this. So in the documentary, they talked about how they would, she would come over for dinner. They would talk and just be there for one another. And, and his son originally absolutely hated the idea that Marilyn Monroe was in his home because he hated Hollywood. He hated the yeah. scene. And Dr. Greenson was specifically for like a, a psychiatrist for Hollywood, essentially. Mm. Greenson would also add that she may have been a woman who would find no self-satisfaction in sex. And this, even if she did and she enjoyed it the way Jim said she did, the shift could have been caused by personal experiences that she had once her and Jim got divorced. Yeah. So one of Norma Jean's lovers was writer Bob Slatzer, where they met at the old 20th Century Fox Studios. Bob was in the lobby. When 20-year-old Norma Jean walked in, she pushed herself through the entryway, hands full, carrying her portfolio, all these pictures, and he recalled, quote, she caught her heel or something and the pictures fell all over the floor. I went to her rescue and Ah. I'm glad to say there was only one place for her to sit down and wait and it was right there next to me, Mm -hmm. end quote. After talking, they made a date for that night where they would have dinner by the ocean. They walked on the beach. They um, paddled in the surf. Although he could not swear to it, he recalled they probably made love for the first time that night. He didn't remember? Probably not. Okay. He said, quote, I think we had an instant affection towards each other, end quote. Bob said, who stayed in love with Marilyn for years okay, so after this, but we're after gonna, their affair. We're going to believe him. Sure. Yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> she had a lot of these flings. If she had a fling, it may be just a man pretending he had a fling because she's <laughs> fucking Marilyn Monroe. And well, I'm sure- and she... Well, and there's a reason also why she was known as the sex symbol, and it wasn't just because of her roles that she played in movies. Yeah, but or being a pinup. Sex symbol is also very uh, it's it's a male term. Sure, it was even written in the little black book from the Al Rosen interview. Yeah, I would I would have loved these are the up and comings who would sleep with people to get to the top. Right, and she may have done that, but you think those people would remember? I don't know. I don't know. I'm not... It might not have been the first night, but they did have an affair. Okay. Okay. Even though the summer of 1946, they had several dates, Mm -hmm. Norma Jean also had several dates with other men. She was... This was a time in her life where she was... her. I think her divorce became official in either August or September of 1946. Okay. So in that summertime is where she was... Her modeling gig, she had and I'll kind of get into it here in a second, she got her contract with 20th Century Fox. So this is when things really started to pick up and she started recording for her first movie, which came out in 1947, which she had that small part. As a side note, Bob became best known for a controversial book he wrote wherein he described his relationship with Marilyn and that their relationship remained all the way till her death. He claimed that they were actually married six years after they met. And Anthony Summers gets into it 
but there were a number of witnesses that actually corroborated his account. What? Regardless of it being such a controversial topic. Yeah. I didn't know this. Okay. It right. was in Mexico. Oh. Listen, I love <laughs> Another lover was legendary beach body figure Tommy Zahn, mm. who at the time he was a lifeguard. He was introduced to Daryl Zanuck, who was a chief producer at Century 20th Century Fox, by Zanuck's daughter, who was swooned by this lifeguard at the beach. Okay. So she introduced him to Daddy. Ugh. And uh, what? What's with the Daddy? <laughs> <laughs> well, Marilyn has a song. She's like, "Could you be my Daddy?" Oh my God! She does. She does a gross. song in that movie, or in one of the movies, oh. like "Could You Be My Daddy," oh. where she plays a mistri- mistress. Okay, so <laughs> he was so Tommy Zahn was signed on by Daryl Zanuck of 20th Century Fox, and through this, Tommy met Norma Jean. He described her as quote in prime condition and tremendously fit end quote. Okay, well, that's physical. That's all. That's physical. physical. But he also said she was really good in the water because he was a big water person, obviously as a lifeguard. Okay. They would do a lot of water okay. sports together. She was very uh-huh. robust, she was healthy, and had a fine attitude towards life. Gosh, I okay. really liked her, he says. Okay. Norma Jean's modeling career just absolutely skyrocketed. By early 1946, she appeared on 33 magazine covers. Oh, my To God. include Pageant, U.S. Camera, Laugh, and Peak. She would also occasionally use the pseudonym Jean Norman. Wow. Did you okay. know that? I did not. I, I did not either. know that. Oh, wow. I didn't either. Okay. I'm learning a lot that I didn't know. Okay. <laughs> so in August of 1946, Jim would make his one of his last visits to Norma Jean, and he delivered his part of the divorce papers. He recalled when she opened the door, she, quote, looked radiant, end quote. Mm. Glowing at this time, Norma Jean told Jim she signed a contract for her first movie, and they gave her a new name. The first name was picked by Ben Lyon, a 20th Century Fox executive who was reminded by her of Broadway star Marilyn Miller. And then the last name was Monroe's mother's maiden name, which we mentioned earlier. Mm -hmm. When she asked him what he thought of it, Jim said it was beautiful. It was then that Norma Jean became... Marilyn Monroe. Wow. Marilyn. You're giving me chills, girl. (laughs) Marilyn herself would remark on this transition of life as, quote, this is the end of Norma Jean, end quote. However, Dr. Greenson and other psychiatrists would claim that Norma Jean didn't die with this. She was very much alive as the former Mrs. Doherty came to life as an actress. The soon-to-be-known Marilyn Monroe's enduring popularity is tied to her conflicted public image. And next week, we'll cover Mm. Marilyn's other couple marriages. We'll talk a little bit about the notable conspiracy surrounding it, the Kennedys. Oh, I can't wait. Jimmy Hoffa. I can't. Communism. This is huge. And then, of course, her death. Yeah. But it's only going to be told in full in our bonus episode next week, which is episode 30, part two. Marilyn. Yeah. And remember, bonus episodes can only be heard and seen by subscribing to our Patreon. Yes. And that's part one, Norma Jean. Oh my God, that was so good. And it's so funny because I am like feeling so many things right now. I'm feeling like anger. I'm feeling like disgust. <laughs> I'm feeling like happiness. I'm feeling so many things. But oh. do you understand why it's like taking all of this in and trying to decipher? What do I even talk about? Like I need to talk about all of it. Yeah. It was so very hard. There's so much more even just in the first part before Norma Jean became Marilyn. Like yeah. there's so much more that's actually to it so I do recommend watching the Netflix documentary I do recommend reading any and all of Anthony Summers books and articles they are just and they're backed up by evidence which is the best part about it yes it's not just people, you know, saying, hey, I had a fling with Marilyn Monroe. I need a bunch of money to tell my story, and right. it's all made up. Right. Which totally has happened. And, 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 I mean, to, it happens to this day, right? Oh, yeah. So we next week we'll cover a little bit more. We'll get into her stardom. And it took a couple of years for her to get to where she wanted to be. She had a couple of gigs. It was broke for a while. Yeah. Sharing, you know, sharing a house with her acting coach, mm. uh, the acting coach's daughter, So she was not, it took a while. It took several years for her to get to the point where she really started to make it big, which would have been around 1953. Yeah. And if she existed today, absolutely she would have flings and she would be honest. Oh, yeah. She would be honest about it. Like back then, it's just women could not be honest about it because they were sluts or whores and men were just like, you know, 
Oh, yeah. She actually, she called herself a waif often. What's that? A waif is a homeless or neglected abandoned person, especially Aww, as a child. Poor baby. A young person who is thin, looks unhealthy yeah. or uncared for. So she often considered herself a waif in just many aspects of her life, even like in some of her last interviews. She was definitely broken. I'm sorry. Yes. There, there, something yes. did happen. You know what? I, I would have loved for her to get maybe a female psychiatrist in there. I'm sorry. It does make a difference. Well, he was, he ended up in my perspective, and Summers didn't come to this conclusion, mm-hmm. but just from what I've read so far and the things I've come to see so far, Dr. Greenson and his family did come to be that family that she did need. And oh. she confided in so much okay. of her life with the Greenson family, all in all. That's beautiful. That's good. Yeah. Then that is good. And that's what he wanted to do for her. However, when her stardom really, like when she really started to take off and she did start to separate herself from there. And that's, I think, too, when, when in my personal opinion, when that happened yeah. is when she also really started to uh, misuse sleeping pills, yeah. alcohol, well, like really self-medicating. Yeah, because she wasn't treated. I don't think she had the, I mean, oh, let, 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 I just, once again, it may be gender specific, but I think that a female perspective as to living with being kind of have that spotlight on you having that want and need from from men whether they be strange or family or whatever yeah and especially because she didn't know her father she never knew her father right so, so she has that she had daddy issues and yeah. when you when you have a body like Marilyn Monroe I mean I I've had experiences where females like us have developed sooner than you know rather than later mm-hmm. and suddenly you're getting a strange attention that you you shouldn't be getting and it's not your fault no no but she did get caught up in that which very easy to do if you're under under 20 she's already getting divorced yeah yeah so i think i think her immaturity maybe it was a bad recipe for norma jean poor baby oh my god you're breaking my heart right now (laughs) i mean and i think we still love her she's still you know i love her she's still to this day just and not you know the personal public image tragedy that surrounded her but as yeah. an actress, and you mentioned all the awards and everything that she got, yeah. just as that, she is one of the well-known, most well-known actresses, even to this day, and it's been gone from this world 60 years, so. That, there you go. Yeah. There you go. Her legacy Yeah, legacy. Over. There you go. That's a perfect word. She is a legacy. Oh, oh my God. All right, so. You're breaking my heart. Okay. And I, and I can't wait because <laughs> Chatters, I don't know this story. Kat is not telling me a damn fucking thing. All right. Like I'm secrets. just going to. I need to show up next week with a fucking wig. Yeah, we will. We'll, we'll be wigging it out again next week. We'll be wi- wigging it out. Yep. All right. So because we don't want to leave you hanging, chatters, look for more information about this case on after that crime chat. And I'll put it up after the second part because I don't want to give yes. too much away. I may yeah. I may go ahead and post some early pictures in that time frame that I'm talking about. A couple of her covers that she was on and that kind of i may mm-hmm. i may do that yeah but don't forget to yeah. follow us on all of your social media crime chat with nat and cat facebook instagram youtube twitter tiktok and i will be teasing again part two for next week yes and remember that after uh, crime chat with nat and cat subscribe to our patreon bonus episodes behind the scenes yes. footage yes. bloopers check out some merch in the works and let me tell you something this second part of the episode is going to be huge. So literally, girl, uh, I know you chatters love us girls. <laughs> Let's do this. Like sign on to the Patreon yes. because there are so many things that you could get in return. Yes. It's not even funny. So you know. guys are not going to want to miss it next week. No. And we'll yeah. see you at the next crime chat. Yeah.